welcome to the show. It's me, John Park, and this is John Park's Workshop. The time has arrived. Uh, hello to our friends over in the YouTube chat, as well as our Discord. Uh, you may be watching this on a variety of different platforms, but if you're uh, wondering where some of the chat is going on, Discord's a great place to check out. There's our Discord. If you go to adafru.it slash Discord, you can jump right in, and you'll see there on the left side we have a whole bunch of different channels. And I know I mention these sometimes, but I usually crop my windows so that you can't see them. I decided, hey, let's have a look at all these channels here today. The broadcast uh, chat channel here, live broadcast chat, is where people are hanging out, such as Jim Hendrickson and Rich Sad and Andy Calloway. Hello, welcome, thanks for stopping by. Uh, oh gosh, look, Todd Bot is typing. There's three ominous dots animating. Uh, and then you can uh, also check out the uh, YouTube chat. Hi, Gary T. I checked that one as well. Um, that's right, Todd. I've got my old Perfect Circuit audio back when they were called that shirt on. Um, so let's see. Let's get on with some, uh, some business here, shall we? Um, but yeah, actually, I got distracted there. You can see here we've got our uh, live broadcast chat. There's also the live broadcast announce. That'll let you know when, uh, when shows are happening. Just the facts. There's a pet photos. Oh, cute. Look at that lab. Uh, there's a pet photos channel here. Oh my gosh. Look at that bunny rabbit. Hey, bunny. And there's off topic. Uh, help with a whole bunch of different categories here. Circuit Python, 3D printing, Arduino, Adafruit.io, and on and on and on and on. Uh, and then a bunch of other variegated and miscellaneous topics here. So uh, come on by sometime. Yeah, here we are in the live broadcast chat. So uh, next order of business is our jobs board. If you go to jobs.adafruit.com, you can check out openings in the sort of maker, engineer, Adafruit adjacent job market. And uh, if we have a look at what's going on here today on the jobs board. Uh, this one's a fairly recent addition of uh, about a week ago. The manufacturing assistant, actually multiple openings at Evil Mad Scientist Laboratories up in Sunnyvale. Uh, these are wonderful people, good friends of ours. Uh, Wendell and Lenore, not to be confused with Lamore, and uh, the rest of their gang. They manufacture some of these, most of these kits and products in-house. Uh, so I think they're looking for people to help with that. This is evilmadscientist.com. You can see there's their uh, plotter, their AxiDraw plotter, which is by all accounts, one of the finest uh, pen plotters that you can get and use. I should get one someday because they, they look an awful lot of fun. I know we've got a lot of uh, fans of plotter art around here. Uh, and then they're also uh, well known for some of these giant uh, discrete component versions of ICs. I love these. And actually some of those are carried uh, at Adafruit and a whole bunch of other products that they've uh, made. So they are looking for fabrication assistance, light duty mechanical manufacturing assembly tasks as needed. Operate hand tools, handheld power tools in support of those tasks. Listen to precisely follow protocols for assembly. Uh, so go check that out. If you're looking for work, uh, starting ranges are $19 to $24 an hour. And uh, I'm sure you'll be treated well because they're good folks. So that's just one of the many positions that you'll find here on jobs.adafruit.com. So go check it out sometime. Uh, hey, GarlGamp237Doom. Nice to see you again. Ethan Arts, more of our, our YouTube gang, YouTube chat and gang. Hello. Uh, what else have we got? I think uh, I should mention that on Tuesdays, I've got this show right here. This is JP's product pick of the week show. On it, I show some new or awesome but not new product. Uh, this week it was a new one, a new, actually kind of a, a new version of an older one, which was all in its of its own uh, volition, a newer version of an older one. So what I'm talking about is this here. This is the CP2102N friend, which was an update based on the CP2104 friend, which was an update on the FTDI friend. And all of them have one thing in common, which is they are USB to serial converters. Uh, I found out, I had a rude awakening, it's got nothing to do with delicious cereal that you eat, but instead for converting your USB output to serial as if 
uh, time had stood still and you still had an RS-232 port on your computer, except uh, this one is, I believe, 5 and 3.3 volts rather than 12 and negative 12, I think, was the, was the spec on the RS-232. But the upshot is it allows you to program things via USB that really want to be programmed over serial. Uh, hi, Johnny Bergdahl. And for my demo, I showed uh, this guy right here, which was a breadboard Arduino. Uh, but don't take my word for it. Take me two days ago's word for it. Oh yeah, that's the product pick of the week right there. The CP2102N Friend. It's a USB to serial breakout conversion board. Lady Ada said, why don't you build a breadboard Arduino? In order to program this, this is plugged in over USB-C and then transmit and receive to the Arduino. To upload this, I have Arduino configured to think it's sending out to a Due Milanove, but it's actually sending USB to my CP2102N friend, which is then sending over serial to the chip here to program it. So I'll hit upload in Arduino, and then I'll hit reset once it starts to upload. That helps it. And you'll see it very quickly flashes the board. It's already done, and now my LED is blinking at that sort of one second rate. The CP2102N friend USB to serial converter. Yes, so uh, for those of you who got them, let us know how you use them. Foamy guy, that's a lovely bowl of cereal icon you've got there. And now I'm hungry all over again. Uh, all right. Let's see, what else is up here? Uh, this is probably an excellent time uh, to take a look at this week's CircuitPython Parsec. So let's do it. Uh-oh, did sound not work on that? <laughs> Sorry about that. We get to do it all over again. Uh, zero dB. Do you hear me now? I think, uh, let me know, because I've turned it back on. So uh, after this little lag and catch up, if, uh, if you guys give me the thumbs up that my sound is back, then I will, uh, I will redo that one from scratch. Uh, <laughs> he noticed. I noticed because you guys were po pointing it out in the, in the chat. Thank you very much. Uh, let me know if you think that's, uh, that's working. Someone give me a thumbs up. Still no sound? 
How about now? Are you getting any sound? Uh, what is the YouTube saying? Uh, nothing too bad there. Audio good, yes. Ah, geez. All right. That was our dress rehearsal. Here we go. Ready for this? Let's do this. Can you guess what I did? I think you can, but here we go. Uh, take two. All right, so for the first, <laughs> for the Circuit Python Parsec today, I want to show you how you can use shapes and fill in Display I.O. on CircuitPython in order to draw objects onto a screen. So if you look here what I have, it's a Feather M4 plugged into a Feather Doubler with our OLED Feather Wing. And one of the cool things about this Feather Wing is it has these three sort of general purpose buttons that you can use connected up to pins 9, 5, and 6. And what I'm going to do is simply press a button to make one of these three little squares appear. And in fact, I can turn them all on, all off, and combinations of those if I want. The way this works, if you look inside of my code, I've got some libraries to import, including the Display Shapes Rectangle Library. Then I set up the screen, and I'm using this BG, which I'm just calling the background, is a rectangle that's at the 0-0 position, at the full width and height, and I've outlined it with white, even though the fill is black. Then I make these three shapes. Each of these are initially filled with black as well. I set up a button for button presses, and then in the main block of my code here, I check and see if a button is pressed of those three. When any of them are pressed, the associated box will change its fill using this command, shapes.fill, and then in this case, 0xffffff, uh, which is white. Uh, when the button is not being pressed, then we return it to black. And so it's a really quick and simple way to draw shapes on and off of the screen inside of CircuitPython using shapes and fill. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. All right, uh, thank you for enduring that. I'm pretty sure that the second one was easily five to 7% better than the first one. So uh, thanks for, for putting up with a, uh, a live stream glitch there, uh, which was me, all me, not clicking the right button. Actually, it's interesting. I think something changed in this setup because, uh, well, it should have had sound and then it didn't. But um, uh, Foamy Guy says, hooray for display I.O. based parsecs. Yeah, this is, this is cool. This is a neat way to do this. You don't have to move the objects. Uh, you just change, change the colors. Also, especially um, effective on an OLED because we really just have these two uh, colors kind of on and off a white or a, or a black to work with on here. So uh, let's say, oh, 9.2% better, says Rich said. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, sound wasn't off now, says Michael. All right, excellent. So let's see, what's, what's happening next? Um, I think what I want to do, let me get a sip of water here. I want to do a quick um, little gear plug, uh, uh, sort of a gear report thing um, that is related to our project this week. So let me change out my screen here and I'm going to lift this up a bit and refocus. There we go. Um, I used these little uh, crimp connectors that we have for some of my wiring on this telephone project. So I just wanted to give these a, a plug. These are kind of nice. Uh, all you do is feed some wire into it, depending on the, the thickness of the wire. You've got a bunch of different uh, choices here. And then crimp down the end. I'm using a crimping tool that's not really made for this, but works pretty well. Um, in fact, let me, let me demonstrate this real quick. I'm going to grab a little piece of wire here and the crimping tool I'm using. I can't remember if we sell uh, a a crimping tool that is the proper one for that, but I'm actually using this, uh, which is made for putting sort of DuPont connectors onto the ends of, uh, of a wire. But if we take this, uh, this wire here, that's a, that's a little long actually, let me make that so it doesn't go all the way through. Um, 
all I'm doing is twisting that wire a bit, fitting this onto the end here and using the crimp in a couple of orientations. And now that's in there pretty good. Uh, it's not really coming out at all. Uh, and I can now use this with other types of connectors. So the type of connector, actually I'll show you this. Uh, where'd you go, connector? Oh, if I moved that, I have moved that tray. Uh, no, here it is. So I was using some of these, uh, sort of a different type of uh, block. I think there's maybe called Euro block connectors. And this is sort of a, a nice uh, improvement over just putting the bare wire in there. That'll work as well, but this gives you a little, little more to hang on to. So you can screw that uh, little flathead screw down in there and you have a, a pretty nice connection. Um, Toddbot suggests this crimping tool. Interesting. Thanks for that. Uh, so let me jump over actually to our product page for these, if I can find them. Let's see, let's go to Adafruit, go to shop. What do we call these? Let's do crimp. Connector, it's probably under connectors. Uh, by the way, this is a, uh, a search tip, something I do. I'll, if I find something that's pretty close, I'll click on the product and then I can see the um, organization structure up here at the top. So sockets and connectors is probably where we're gonna find this and then uh, depending on the size of the category, you can, you can scroll down in here. Uh, oh boy, I'm never gonna find it, am I? What do we call these? I don't have a, I don't have a sticker on here anymore. No, it's not in that? Uh-oh. Okay, that's a failure of that, that search technique. I got these from Adafruit, right? What do we call these things? Um, ferrules? Yeah, wire ferrule kit. Okay, that should probably be in in there, uh, and it looks like uh, in this demo, Lamore probably just used some um, needle nose pliers, I think, to, to squish that down, or maybe not Lamore, but whoever put that together. And there's uh, different gauges uh, of these that you can use. So that's the little wire ferrule kit. Ferrules, thank you, Jenny Bergdahl. You, you helped me out, I appreciate that. Uh, 800 pieces of them, hey. So that's not, that wasn't meant to be a, another product pick of the week kind of thing, but it's just uh, kind of a nice piece of gear for improving some of the wiring, uh, depending on how you're putting things together. So, sit back over there. Uh, let's get on with the products, or the project. So you know that I've shown a couple stages of this project. This is kind of the final one. This will be the wrap up of this, uh, and I can show you a little more, a demo of how it's working how I've put it together for the final, and what the code looks like for my Dial-A-Song project. So the basic idea is that it's a self-contained Dial-A-Song box. In fact, it's even battery operated. If you want to just have the phone and no wire coming off of it, it'll work. And uh, this is what it looks like here. The idea here is to pick up the phone, dial a phone number. Perhaps it's a phone number that you've been uh, given in an escape room type of thing, and then a particular message comes back. So it doesn't have to be a song. I'm, I'm doing it as songs, but it could be anything you want as a message that comes to someone based on which phone number they punch in. And part of the fun of this was using some of the real uh, tones for, for pressing the uh, touch tone DTMF buttons, as well as dial tone, busy signal, uh, ring and answer. Um, even a message for when you've entered a number that doesn't exist. So that stuff is easy to find. Uh, you can just go on like freesounds.org or, or search in general online and find uh, WAV files of these. And I'm using some of the techniques that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks, including our um, mixer, audio mixer inside of CircuitPython, which makes it easy to uh, quickly uh, duck sounds down and, and back up when we need them. And uh, I'm also using, besides the buttons, as a uh, keypad scan matrix, I'm also using the switch hook uh, so that we can hang up and pick up the phone and do different things based on that. Although, only when I put this all back together today did I realize I, I did way more complicated stuff in code than I needed to for that, and I probably could have just had the enable pin uh, of, of the feather board hooked up to that, and that would have worked fine. So 
Let me jump over here and give a demo of how this is working. And I'm gonna double check that you can hear it well. I'm gonna actually turn off this. Hopefully my camera doesn't overheat. I'm gonna turn off the fan. It's, it's yeah, it's still hot down here in Southern California. And I will also uh, fire up my Discord so I can keep up. I can't see both Discord and YouTube at the same time on my phone here, <clears throat> I don't think. Uh, so I'm just going to prop up the, disc the uh, Discord there. So here it is in action. And I think I was worried about miking this. And I was actually talking to C. Grover about miking it. But then after making some, some uh, little changes, I think it's actually loud enough. You should probably be able to pick it up on my uh, lav mic. So let's zoom in here a little bit. And actually, I'll switch. You can hear that, right? So I've got dial tone playing. If I hang up, that uh, changes the dial tone. Uh, Cuts, cuts that audio, actually sets the mixer volume to zero. So there it is. Uh, and I'm not doing 100% accurate. I'm not doing like that little kind of pause you get and click before the dial tone comes. So some of this you could refine depending on your, your goals. So uh, let's dial in a number. They're ringing and answering. You'll see I have something I want to fix in code about that too. So Bartle Beats song could be louder. So we can let it play forever. I've just got little sort of short song segments that will loop forever. Set that in code to not loop if you want. Uh, so I hang up to cancel that. Now I've got um, a few other songs in there. I'll, I'll play some more. Um, And this is another little snippet from a Bartle Beats song. Daisy, I think, is this one. And go ahead and hang up. Uh, I can do one of my little songs here. I think this is Street Chicken on this one. You'll hear that I get a long, yeah, there we go, Street Chicken. Uh, I've got a long gap going there. It's actually meant to be the ringing continuing, and so I have something to update and fix in there, I think. And now, what happens if you dial a number that isn't in its directory? So, one other thing that I can't demo until I open this up to show you how, how it's all working is um, when this starts up, if the phone is off hook, we get that fast, busy, uh, I think it's the beep, 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 one. Um, and like I said, until I put this back together, I was testing things with, with a you know, feather, actually this one right here, sitting on my desk, and I, it didn't dawn on me that I can't do certain things that I was planning. So I have, I have some updates on functionality to, to work here. So. Some things I want to talk about with the project. Uh, first of all, the uh, phone receiver here. So this is a classic uh, Western Electric uh, 2500 phone. And it's actually the original uh, speaker element here from it that I'm using. So this, I think this is a maybe 800 ohm uh, impedance uh, phone that we wanted to, I thought I, I would have to change it out because our amp is meant for like four to uh, eight, no, four to eight ohm, and this is what? This is less than that. Um, oh, I can't remember now, but <laughs> this one, we thought it was out of spec. Uh, turns out it's not. I think this was, this was like 0.8 or something like that. Uh, turns out it works fine, and I'll show you the connection there. I'm using the uh, built-in 
RJ9, this is sometimes called. Uh, it's a four conductor cable that gives us a, uh, a pair of wires for the microphone element, which actually just sets on those two contacts there. And if you pop this out, you can see uh, those connections. Let me switch this camera over. You can see this is uh, the red and black wires go to the microphone and the green and white go uh, up here to the speaker. So I didn't have to touch anything in here. I thought I might have to replace uh, the speaker element, but it turns out that it, uh, it is able to drive this just fine. So uh, I've got a, I didn't go as crazy as the last time, so I've just got through space there, I've got a USB cable which means I can plug this in to charge up the battery that I have in here. Um, if I unplug that, you see it's still working. And I could also program it. So this is running to the Feather, uh, which has the charger circuit built in. So we could still code that while, while it's all put together. Um, so let's take it apart here. Find a good screwdriver for that. And I'll also say this is really minimally uh, invasive, not as minimally invasive as my uh, rotary phone project because you'll see I did have to modify the keypad uh, and that's actually something I want to talk about in a little more details is what's up with the keypad. These, excuse me, these screws are great because they are captive. They, they remain captive in the base here uh, when you unscrew them so you're not going to lose them, which I love. Okay, so if we look here, okay, close the switch hook. Um, let me show you that feature that doesn't really make any sense anymore, which is if I reset the board, find the, can I get to that reset anymore? It's all kind of, you know, let me, uh, let me take it apart a bit before I do that. Uh, but what you'll see here, I've got, uh, the original RJ11 jack, which lives here. These are basically loose. They're just held in place by the case. So you can just pull them out of the way. Uh, and then run the USB cable through the gap in the back of the shell there. That works pretty well. Uh, and you can see I have a gigantic uh, 4,400 milliamp hour battery sitting here. So this should last a long, long, long time uh, without the need for charging. It'd be cool for me to do a port here, a USB port, so I can plug cable in and out and have it be totally self-contained for whatever reason. Um, that's not necessary. I thought I was going to rest some electronics in there, but I don't need that anymore. So the reason you don't see much here, um, and sorry, I forgot to bring one part, I think, but we'll talk about the evolution of this, this, uh, this touchpad, the keypad, in a minute. Let me unscrew the keypad here. This is not the one that came in the phone. This is the one that I ordered, and, and it came in last week. Uh, that is a typical Matrix keyboard. It's an original part, uh, new old stock. Actually, I, th I, I don't think it's new old stock. I think it was taken out of a phone probably. Uh, but it is an original keypad. Uh, it's just not as old of a design as the one that was in there that freaked me out because this one's all mechanical switches, uh, these tuned uh, inductors for the oscillators to do, do the dual tone multi-frequency, and there's not a good easy way to, to tap into that. Um, the way I wanted to. So, but what I am going to do here, let's unplug battery. And now it won't, now it won't be on and I'll unplug this USB cable too. Uh, so I'm so excited about this. The whole thing, other than these connectors, fit right on the back of the uh, keypad. So there was the electronics that do all of the DTMF and they were connected via ribbon cable to the base of this matrix keypad. So I desoldered that ribbon cable, soldered in some headers, and then I was able to simply plop on the feather wing here that has pretty much everything going on. So that could be returned to basically original by uh, connecting the electronics that were meant to go here uh, back on the back. But uh, for my purposes, this works great. And then uh, let's take a look at the connections that we have. So everything on here could be restored because it's all just screw into the what's called the network block here with these uh, with these screws. 
So I, you can see here, I'm gonna zoom in a bit. I've got a amplifier and I can actually plop that off of the board here. So that's my little mono uh, class D amplifier, 2.5 watt. And you can see the, uh, the receiver earpiece. These are the two wires, the green and the white wire that were coming from there to there to there. Uh, those are just screwed into the terminals on, on the little amplifier. This has a little volume knob on here that you could set a little trimmer. Uh, and then you could see I added some header pins to that to plug it into this feather wing. So this is kind of a nice way to work with a feather when you're trying to add a circuit. On the feather doubler here, you get a little proto area. So you can plug your feather in on one side and on the bottom, you can kind of make whatever circuit you want. So circuits, uh, kind of three things going on here. One, I have wires running to the switch hook switch, which is uh, just a straight up switch running to ground and pin D4 on the feather, uh, uh, which one is this, RP2040. So that's what I'm reading to see what the state of that switch is. Uh, and that's the one that I could very easily and maybe should change to be the enable switch. So it'll just turn the thing off and on, it boots up quick enough. Then uh, the next thing I've got are the connections for my uh, amplifier. So this little amplifier just pops on there and running on the bottom here, I've got connections to power, uh, ground, the A minus goes to ground, and then the A plus goes to this little um, sort of high pass filter circuit. And that just takes some of the high end noise out of the, the phone so we don't hear a whine. Uh, so that comes from, I just happened to use TX pin because it was convenient but that is acting as a PWM uh, output for the audio. You could do this using a different board like the M4. Uh, Feather M4, you could use the A0 pin and get analog. You'd still probably want to, uh, to run it through a, a, a filter like this, but the reason I ended up going with the uh, RP2040 is it's got eight megs of flash memory on there. So that means I could store a whole bunch of these sounds, which are, some of them are fairly large, even, even though I've, I've made them uh, mono and, uh, and sam sample rates pretty low. Um, so this is running a 1K resistor from the audio output, and then that goes to a filtering capacitor that goes to ground, as well as a 220 ohm resistor that runs to uh, the audio input A plus on my, uh, my little um, mono 2.5 amp there. And then uh, let's see, the other thing is that you can see I've put this little header uh, on the bottom and that's just so that it matches up and allows me to use uh, the matrix keypad in pins, I think it's A1 through uh, MO, MOSI. So Rest of this is connections. There's where I used that little block and my little ferrule ends to go to, uh, this broke off by the way, this was a, a screw terminal I could have used and the, the brittle plastic right here snapped as I was uh, loosening that screw. So that, that originally lived there and it just connected up the earpiece and, the, and this switch. Um, so I have that laying out here. This I should cover with some heat shrink or something like that because that's just acting as a connection for me. Um, but other than that, it's a pretty good fit. I've, I probably could do better with how I have the USB because this, this ends up uh, at a little bit of an angle here to fit the, uh, the USB connector for this feather. Um, or I could have mounted it higher. I also put in a couple of standoffs here so that this would uh, stay put. So if we fire this back up, let me just... Uh, I'll show you just for fun, because this is this, it's kind of funny. This is the sort of thing you come up with while you're designing a, a, an open, sort of non-enclosed thing, uh, and you have access to, to parts, and you're restarting it a lot. I said, hey, what happens if it's off the hook when it gets turned on? And so you'll hear that it gets...
gives me this busy signal here. So now I hang up and get my dial tone, which was a lot of fun, but I'm never really resetting the board anymore now that I'm not actively coding for it. So that may be a feature that doesn't make sense, or maybe we could randomize uh, when that happens. Uh, let's see. So let's get that just popped back in there. I'll leave it partly open. Um, oh, you know what? In fact, I'll just grab the feather and we can go over and plug that in to look at the code on it. I have the code saved somewhere else, but this is, uh, this is the most, uh, legit version of it because it's the one that you just saw demoed. All right, so let's do, uh, actually this is a good view for this now. And I'm going to turn that air back on because I can tell it's getting hot enough that my cameras will start to be angry with me. Okay, so this one, let's see, this should work. What we'll really care about is the code here, but at least you can see what I'm talking about is that, that board right there. And let's close this and open up. There we go. So you'll see actually there's some stuff uh, still commented out here that's instructive of how I put things together. Um, Oh, that's cute. I like this idea. Uh, Todd in the Discord said, every, have it every so often you pick it up, you accidentally hear an ongoing conversation from another extension. When you pick up the phone and hear that your sister was on the other line. That would be funny. Uh, so looking at the code here, uh, I've got some fairly standard stuff. I'm bringing in time, random, because I'm randomizing some of the delay there with the, um, with the pickup uh, while it's ringing. Uh, board for pin definitions, keypad, which is critical for reading the, the key matrix, digital I.O. for uh, using the switch hook as a button, debouncer to help with that, uh, and then I'm using audio core import WAV file and audio PWM I.O. so that I can play back audio on our, uh, and our, our RP2040 chip, excuse me. Uh, you can see here I also have code for um, that I can uncomment if I'm using the uh, M4, another one that has an analog uh, DAC output. Uh, and then I'm importing audio mixer, and that's what I'm using to move the levels around. Uh, this is actually kind of interesting. I was having some issues where um, with a speaker plugged into this, when I restart, there's a bunch of traffic going on with USB that can cause uh, noise on the, on the PWM pin there. So you hear all the scratchy stuff going on. Uh, on your speaker when you restart the board. So what I did was have it wait three seconds before it actually starts the program for USB to settle down a bit. Uh, then I'm setting up the switch hook pin as that D4 pin, a digital I.O., and I'm making that a debounce pin with a pull-up resistor. Uh, then you can see here, when I was using the keypad originally, uh, I had the opposite orientation because I, I kind of plugged it in using some ribbon cable from the top. And so that uh, set of rows and columns, I needed to change the row order, uh, actually the rows and columns, uh, which pins I was using because I ended up connecting it like that. So, so I basically had to flip how I'm using the rows and columns, which pins those talk to. So this orientation up here, that'll, that'll, uh, that'll work with sort of a top orientation ribbon cable, and this is for plugging into the bottom. Uh, next, I set up this dictionary, which is the key values, or keys and value pairs. The keys are phone numbers I can call. Those are the four phone numbers that I have in here. So again, if you're using this to do sort of a cool message box, with a game, puzzle, escape room, then you could make any list of numbers you want. 
I happen to make this look for seven digit numbers. You could increase that pretty easily to require an area code or make it shorter if you wanted to simplify things. But it's gonna take a long time for someone to just simply bang, bang at the uh, keypad and guess. So they're probably not gonna just brute force this thing. So those have the songs or wave files associated with them here and a little path. So on the CircuitPython drive, there's a songs directory that contains these. It's also where I put the messages. So you can see I have a thing called ringing and that's songs ringing.wave, wrong number, dial tone, and busy signal. Dial tone is an interesting one because I was able to make an incredibly tiny file by chopping the waveform into just one cycle. And now it doesn't look like one cycle because it's a mix of two frequencies. So it looks like about six peaks or something like that. But the, the dial tone is actually also a multi-tone, multi-frequency type of thing. I don't have to have it playing a seven minute long one if I, if I need to. It's actually looping one uh, nice seamless loop. Same with things like uh, Busy. It's just one iteration of it that's a couple seconds long. Uh, <clears throat> and then I have these button tones. So these are touch tones that I just found online. You could record your own if you want. And those are in this list so that we can call them zero through, uh, what, 13 here, or no, zero through 11. Then I have some variables set up for storing which digits have been entered, how many digits have been entered, the sort of string that is just for debugging or when I was using a screen, we could see that. I'm sending my audio out over the TX pin, which is a PWM capable pin. You could use any PWM pin you want. Then I'm setting up mixer and here you can see I'm using four voices. Sample rate's a little high here. I could probably decrease sample rate on this stuff and, and have even more storage, but with the RP2040, there's enough that I didn't need to worry about it. The four voices I initially set to zero volume, so this level is set to zero, and you can see how I'm using those in the comments. I have a dial tone voice on its own, a touch tone voice, the song or message that it's playing back, and then the busy signal. Initially, I create some wave and uh, wave objects that are grabbing things off of the disc and then setting them to play. So the dial tone just starts playing and it's looping. The same with the busy signal. Those are both playing and then I can use the mixer to go between the two. I set up the state for is the on hook happening or not. And then we check right at the beginning when I start up, we're not even in the main loop to see are we gonna be playing nothing or are we gonna play the, the busy signal. Then what, help, what happens here is I, I have a, another little function that I use a lot uh, whenever we dial in seven digits or hang up. Uh, we want to reset things so that we uh, go back to having a list of no numbers and the count of numbers at nothing. And I also uh, found out that that's not enough. You also have to clear the event queue of keypads. So this one right here, keyem.events.clear. This is a really important one if you are using a keypad the way I am here, when it's not, when my code isn't accepting, isn't really meant to be listening for uh, digits being pressed, it's still um, gonna be storing them up in a buffer. And if I don't clear that buffer out, when I do start paying attention to the key presses again, it just pops them in and, and suddenly we've dialed another number without knowing it. So events clear. Uh, is, is a nice discovery that Dan put into the keypad library. So thanks for that. Uh, let's see, okay, let me grab some water and then we'll talk about the main loop of this. And let me know if you have any questions over in YouTube and, uh, and Discord chat there. <clears throat> so in the main loop, what I do, first check the debouncer for the switch hook which is the switchhook.update, just checks to see what's happening with the switchhook. And then we have two states. If it rose, then it's because the receiver has been lifted, so it's okay to make a call. So I turn up the level on the dial tone, and I turn up the level on the second voice that I'm using for the touch tone. So we actually hear both at once, and I'll put this back together and demo it again in a second. Then I'm keeping the uh, message or song volume at zero, and the busy signal volume goes to zero. I set this little state variable on hook to false, 
and then I reset the number. So that means that if it were hung up and I was dialing stuff and picked it up, I don't get those numbers that gets immediately flushed. Again, this may not be necessary if I change my thinking and just have it actually turn off the microcontroller when I hang up, which probably makes a lot more sense. The uh, switch hook fell. That's when it goes back into the cradle. And then I set all the volumes to zero and, and do the same reset. Uh, if mixer voice playing, then I will stop it. And the reason for this is if a song is playing uh, and I hang up and just change the levels, when I pick it back up, the song will keep playing. It really lacked like I never hung up on that, that call. So this is a nice way to stop the song is just with this mixer voice, whichever voice you want to stop, hit stop. Uh, you can also, by the way, check a mixer voice for its playing state. So while it's playing, you can do stuff because it, it, it can return whether it's playing and then have something happen right, right when it finishes or whatever you want. So if it's not on the hook, which means if I've lifted up the receiver, then we're okay to make a call. This is when I start getting my button presses from the matrix using this KM events get. If an event happens, means I've pressed a button, I set the uh, dial tone to zero. Uh, I think that's right, yeah, when you start typing, typing in numbers, the dial tone goes away. Uh, if the event was a press rather than a release, uh, that's the only thing I'm using, then I check, this is some stuff I went over last week or the week before, I check the key to make sure it's not the star or the pound. The way I'm using those, you could come up with other stuff. I'm using them to just reset the number. So if I, if I dial in six digits and flub one, I can hit star or pound, and that just wipes it back, uh, kind of clears it without having to hang up, which isn't really all that realistic, uh, but it's, it's how I'm using it. Then if the uh, number isn't the star of the asterisk and I haven't dialed in seven digits yet, I start playing the, the, the multi-tone DTMF based on which button I press. Then uh, if it's a nine, uh, if, it's, if it's under nine, it's gonna call the proper one from the array. If it's, it's the 10th one, I am using a zero. Um, that's just to deal with the fact of the zero being the 10th the object or the 11th object actually in the, in the keypad. Uh, the string here I just used for, for uh, debugging and when I had the screen on it, and then I increment that counter for how many I've hit. When I hit seven, then if the mixer uh, voice two is, uh, I will, let's see, set the, why am I doing that? If not mixer voice two playing, which one's mixer voice two? Oh, if a song isn't already playing, that's why I'm doing that, okay. So this, this means I can't, uh, force it to, to play another song while one is already playing. So I check if the mixer isn't playing, then we kind of do the normal thing. If it is, then I just reset that number. So I'm, I'm ignoring my input. Uh, we'll, we'll hear it beep, beep, beeping, but we won't um, interrupt the playing song. The only way to interrupt playing song is to hang up. So if the song is not playing, then I'm appending whatever numbers to that dialed string so we could print that. Uh, if that dialed string is in my numbers dictionary, then we can go ahead and grab which, uh, whichever item that is in that dictionary. It's that value's key, uh, or that key's value rather, which is uh, gonna be the name of the directory song and the, the message wave we're playing, or song wave we're playing. Then we pause a, a briefly, we don't want it to start playing instantly, and then we play that wave file. And you can see here, here I've got, uh, oh, am I not looping those now? Okay, let's see. Oh, the ringing, sorry. So, so this is the ringing here. This is the part I need to mess around with because I'm, I'm doing it in a way that uh, initially I was doing it with a, a delay. And so I was, uh, you can see answer wait time is a random anywhere from four seconds, which is a little less than one full ring to nine and a half seconds, which is uh, two plus rings. Then I uh, was using time tonic to check it. That didn't work out because uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, waiting this, this amount of time here means that I can't really hang up on it. If I press hang up, I'll still hear it. So it's blocking. So I need to come up with a better way to do that. Um, the, once it does 
finish this though, playing the ringing, then it moves on to the song. And that's grabbing uh, the proper file and setting the voice level to one. And this one loops, that's why you heard, heard the song looping there. This else here is when the number is not in our list, then we play the wrong number. Uh, the number you've dialed is not in service thing. Uh, after it plays, uh, does finish all that, then it resets the number uh, and we're ready to go again. Um, so let's, uh, let's see, I'll go ahead and hook this back up. Maybe not the full, uh, fully plugged back together, but jump over here. I'll reassemble this a bit, enough to demo it. And you can ask me if you got any questions, I'll pop up my Discord again over here. But this is a cool uh, project, you know, it's, it's a, a lot of work between the prototype, which just used one of these and a, and a display. Um, to getting into the guts of the actual phone and making things fit. Luckily, there's a lot of room inside of these, so, so fitting isn't, isn't so difficult. Um, but figuring out what, what is what, and now I've got some refinements to do since I realized I don't have a way to reset it or turn it off. So uh, that will give us everything we need. And I kept it pretty modular. You can see that's why I'm using the... Uh, headers on these and not soldering any of the boards down directly. And so there's our little beep. Hang up. Pick it up. Let's hook the... So let's see if I can remember the four songs I've got on here. Uh, here's my... 5551212. Five, five, one, two, one, two. Yeah, that's where I'm not. Okay, that's one of the songs off of uh, Bartle Beats Amplitude. Street Chicken. You can see it reflushes everything, sets, sets all the counters to zero so you can immediately start dialing. Uh, if I do if I do try to dial while it's playing a song, you'll see I can hit the hit the buttons. That's the, the audio mixer at play. But it's never gonna dial a number so I'm ignoring because we don't have a dial thing. Hang up, we're back. Uh, let's see, this is one I entered recently. That's the nine second delay. It's another Bartle Beats song. And last one is 8675309. Todd says it sounds so realistic, it's giving me flashbacks. He has a lot of good suggestions in the chat for songs to play. I can't play any of them because we'll get copy strikes against us. So I'm playing original, original songs either from me or from uh, Bartle Beats on here. And then of course I got to play this again because I love it. Todd, no way, I'm not doing a 900 number. <laughs> Remember joke lines? There was also dial-a-joke, you could do that too. Uh, oop. All right, that is it. So that's the project, I'll be uh, documenting that and, and uh, I've got some a fritzing diagram for the little circuit that we have going on there and some other stuff to share as well as the code so that you could build your own. Um, and uh, I, hope, I hope someone does and I would love to hear what you use it for. Oh yeah, someone, uh, Maiko says he used to have 002 for the time, 003 for the weather. You could do information stuff. A lot of interesting things you could do with this. Um, just bare bones simple. Obviously I'm not, 
hooking this up to an Alexa or something like that or an iPhone, I'm just doing WAV files. But it makes it very nice and self-contained so that you could, uh, you could do uh, little holiday things, puzzle things, spooky stuff, haunted house, escape room, that kind of stuff. Andy Calloway says you should use the, uh, do the announcement in Lars's voice. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another good point. Uh, Todd says you could use this for your escape rooms and also dial in secret number to trigger relays or lights or something. You could definitely extend this uh, to do a lot of things since we basically have a, a microcontroller that knows what got dialed. It's a great in input uh, device for doing other stuff. All right, I think that's going to do it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for stopping by today. Thanks to our chats over in YouTube and Discord. Uh, thank you, Shashank Shekhar. Says, hi, I hope you're doing good. Thank you so much. I am. Uh, that's going to do it, yeah? All right, thanks, everyone. And don't forget, we have... Uh, actually, if you look over here in our, in our Discord... You can go to, I mentioned the live broadcast announced to see what shows are coming up. Uh, you can also do, let's see, in our live broadcast chat, you can do question mark showtimes. Uh, and you'll see that we have on, let's see, this Friday, we've got Scott doing a deep dive at 5. And on Saturday at 11, there's going to be a Foamy Guy Circuit Python stream. Uh, this isn't always 100% accurate. Sometimes this is just telling you what we generally do. So do check and see if, uh, if there's confirmation from people. I don't know if Foamy Guy's still around, if you can confirm if you're going to be uh, doing that on Saturday. But uh, people love those shows, so please stop on by for them. All right. I think that is going to do it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.